Welcome to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, get ready to hear from God through this message. Please stay tuned at the end of this message to an update on all that we're doing here at VBPH. Thanks. Today is ordination day. Some of you are like, what does that mean? That's a special word that tonight we're going to ordain pastors on this platform. Tonight we're going to pray for them. The men and women that are going to be up here, the couples represent brand new startup works. Churches that they're going to go into some new nations, some into new cities, new territories, new areas. We're going to ordain them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to send them into ministry. And just as I'm thinking of this, as I was putting this together, I remember my ordination day. I was very excited but very nervous. At 24 years old, Pastor Greg gave us the opportunity to take over a church And I'm talking to my wife, and I'm excited. I have no clue. See, like Pastor Ruby just preached, I grew up in church, but I was so disconnected. And so in my my discipleship, Pastor Greg says, we'd like to send you into Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Talk to my wife at the donut break. She's like, Santa Fe? Like the church that is 33 years old? And my excited face was like, what? (laughs) That's like a church of history. That's like a powerful, uh, uh, established work. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. You know what I needed in that moment was confidence. And that's what I want to preach this morning to those that are being launched. You're facing a new nation. You're facing a new ministry. Maybe others, you are facing uh, 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 troubles and struggles. And this week, man, in this atmosphere, I know what it's like. You're so stirred. You're so pumped. Uh, But when you're heading home, you start getting the calls. And all those altars where you're so filled with God and believed God for everything, that doubt and that uncertainty and that insecurity begins to set in. I want to encourage you this morning. Aviation startup, Boom Supersonic. They've doubled down on their plans to bring supersonic air travel back to the skies. They're saying that they hope to fly passengers anywhere in the world in four hours for $100. me like, I could have really used that this conference. <laughs> Speaking to reporters, the company CEO, Blake Scholl, said there were only two possible outcomes for this company. He said either... We fail or we change the world. Pioneer this morning, brand new missionary. Maybe you're going to do a takeover. Maybe you're stepping into evangelism, whatever the case. You could change a city. You can change an area. You can change a state. You can change a nation. You can change the world. I think of men like Pastor Harold Warner who has changed the world. I think of men like Pastor Mark Olson, who went into the Philippines and changed the nation. I think of men like Pastor Glenn Cluck. Wherever he went, there was a shift in the supernatural, in the spiritual. We heard Pastor Marino. It was like a brown Glenn Cluck. As he's preaching, man, my heart is burning in my chest. Uh, The Spirit of God anointing on his life. Uh, I think of men like my pastor, Pastor Greg Mitchell, who is changing the world. Uh, My pastor, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, they changed and blessed the world and their generation. And in the scripture we're going to look at this morning, Gideon is called by God. And here is this man who is insecure. Here's this man who is uncertain of his future, but God speaks to him about his potential. 
what he could become. And as he responded to that, Gideon changed history for the nation of Israel. And again, I want to encourage your confidence. Judges chapter 6, we're going to read verses 2 and then verse 6 and then 11 through 18. says these words, And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel. Verse 6, And Israel was brought low because of Midian. And the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. Verse 11, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. I want to preach a sermon this morning titled, Man of Valor. Let's think firstly about the issue of calling. It's critical that we understand this morning that our calling, it comes from God. God speaks to us about His plans for our lives. So think about this. This means when our calling comes from God, that it's coming from above. That's the very idea of God. He is above us. Secondly, our calling coming from God means it's a holy calling. It's a sacred calling. It's it should matter. It should be important to our lives. When God called Moses, he told him, remove your sandals. Why? Because this place is holy. When God met with Joshua, he told him, remove your sandals for this place is holy. I want to tell you, in these altars this week, in these altars where decisions have been made, remember, it was holy. It was plans from God that are above our plans, above our ideas. But there's an issue with this. The issue with calling, Matthew 22, verse 14, Jesus says, many are called but few are chosen. The word called has two applications. The first has to do with an invitation. Many are called this morning. Many are invited to get active in the things of God. Many are active to become participants in what, is, what God is doing in the earth. We all have that opportunity but the second part of calling has to do with appointing. See, we have to make a decision to receive the invitation. And when we as men of God, as the saints, as the people of God, receive that invitation, God then can appoint us to people. God can appoint us to places. God can appoint us to an office of ministry. He equips us to accomplish that work. And we see this truth throughout Scripture. We know, think about this, Noah was invited to build an ark. I, don't, I know nothing about arks. You know what's ironic? The ark exhibit that they built had leaks. They don't even know how to build an ark. But when he accepted the invitation, God appointed him, ordained him, anointed him to complete it. 
That was a miraculous task. Abraham was invited to a great destiny. And as he, by faith, the Bible says, took that invitation, God appointed him to establish a people. Moses was invited through a burning bush. His life was interrupted. His plans, his future was interrupted. But by accepting that invitation, God appointed him to deliver a nation. Even our text here, it's an invitation. God makes a decision about Gideon and his life, and he invites him to purpose. He invites him to a destiny to be fulfilled. And as he receives that invitation, God appoints him. Verse 16, the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you. So in calling, the invitation is there. The need is there. There are still nations yet to be reached. There are still cities yet to be reached. There are still people yet to be reached that God wants to appoint you to reach. Our job is to respond. Matthew twenty-two fourteen again, For many are called, but few are chosen. In this idea now, this word chosen, this Pastor Greg has commented, has to do with us making a decision to arrange our lives to step into what God has called us to. But the issue is few are chosen because few prepare. Few make changes. Few arrange their life to step into their calling. There are men, you haven't outright said to God, no, I won't. You just said, later. God, I'll do it later. God, I'll do it eventually. God, first let me take care of. First let me get in order. First let me deal with a couple of things. But you're not, you're not arranging your life. Few prepare their finances. Few prepare their, and allow God to deal with their character. Few are active in their discipleship. So this is why Jesus encourages us to pray. All oh, that we would pray for laborers, Matthew 9, 37 through 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. There is a generation to be reached this morning. But the question, as Pastor Heimberg preached so powerfully, were you not moved to see these vessels line this platform? I even leaned to my wife. You know, that looks pretty trendy. I kind of like that too. But oh, to see these vessels and to see what, what vessel, what city, what place, what area is there laborers to go into these fields? Are there people responding to the invitation that God can appoint to the task? So I lay that as a foundation because one of the greatest hindrances to calling, why few are chosen, is what we see in our text is this issue of insecurity. There are many men that, yes, they sit in this atmosphere and their hearts get stirred. And their lives, man, it's, they can envision it. They feel the burden. I remember as a disciple, I'd watch those Thursday night conference videos. Right? It's like tears streaming, yeah, snotting all over the place. Oh, God, I'll go. And then the weekend goes by, and you're back into the same habits. I've been there. But what was the issue? Insecurity. Verse 17, then he said to him, it's Gideon speaking to God, if I have now found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. I want you to understand something about this scripture. The issue here isn't, God, what do you want me to do? He already knows what God wants him to do. That's already been established. God made it clear, I want to use your life. 
I want to use your, your life to make impact. I want to take you beyond your own abilities. I want to use you in a miraculous way. He already knew what God wanted him to do. The issue was he needed confidence. This is something we see repeated through Scripture. Think about Moses in that burning bush experience. He asks God, why will they believe me? Who do I say has sent me? But I have difficulty speaking. In other words, none of this was about God. What is it that you want me to do? God made that very clear. The issue was, I don't have the confidence I'm supposed to march into a nation, uh, into a place and say, let my people go. I'm supposed to speak uh, to the greatest superpower in the world and him just let his uh, slaves go. Uh, I don't have confidence in that. Confidence in himself. Jeremiah, in his calling, you read the story, he wrestled, and we've talked about this now three times this week, he wrestled with his age. But I am young. But they won't listen to me. He feared that people wouldn't respond to him. The question for Jeremiah wasn't about what do you want me to do, God? It was, I don't have the confidence. Saul was anointed king. And on ordination day, where was he? Hiding. Again, not a question of, God, what is your will? He knew the will of God. He was anointed by the prophet. You will be the first king in Israel. You will represent God's people. That wasn't the question of, what am I supposed to do? It was, I don't have the confidence. And this is a common issue for men today. I speak with disciples. I remember one time this group of disciples uh, in the Northeast, they came down from the Toronto area, and you know, they're, they're asking, man, you're young. How did, how did you know that God had called you? Like, how did you settle it? Because I feel like I'm called, but I'm not sure. I can't say for certain. Is it just emotions? How can I be sure? And so I took the opportunity. I said, you know, I was deep in prayer one day. This angel came. He's locked in. I said, I'm just kidding. Bro, I've been where you're at. Trust me if you're wrestling with it. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. But really, many times the real issue is confidence. The real issue is your own insecurities. The real issue is you know your wife knows you. God's visited with you already, man. Couple in a sermon, in a rally, in a conference. Your heart has burned within and you feel the tug. God has met you during a fast. You know, I remember during a fast, God told me, my, uh, my wife and I were planning a vacation with my in-laws they were coming in from Africa. This was their furlough. We were going to go after conference as a family. And Tuesday night, a fast man, I'm, I'm praying. And God dealt with me to give that vacation money at conference. I was like, oh, you devil. <laughs> Checking behind me. You know, you haven't been eating for days. So you're like, who's whispering things at me? I know I heard from God, but could I trust him? Could I trust him? And I remember wrestling with God Tuesday night of the fast. A week later, it's Tuesday night of conference, and thank God for a godly wife who called me and put me on blast. What is your problem? <laughs> what do you mean? Because I've been fighting God. I told her what God dealt with me, and she said these words. If God dealt with you, then we need to obey God. That night, Pastor Mark Olson pulled the offering, and I just, he said these words, I asked God to give me a challenge, and God told me to tell the conference body, just give what I already told you to give. Man, and I'll tell you that, two days later, we went on staff. See, the question isn't what. What do you want me to do? The, 
the issue was confidence. Like Gideon, I don't feel confident. Will I make impact? Is this the right place? Is this God's will? Will people respond? Those are confidence battles. I can say this was my battle. For years I knew what God wanted me to do, but I lacked the confidence. Verse 17 through 18, Then he said to him, If now I've found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from me here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. This scripture reminds us this morning that God wants to encourage our confidence. That he's willing to work with Gideon. See, God already knows your potential. God knows what he's working with. He's not thrown off by that. Verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you. Mighty man of valor. That's what God says about the man that he wants to use. The man that's wrestling with insecurities. The man that needs confidence. The man of valor wasn't who he was yet, but it's who he would become. God was willing to help this man settle his calling. Uh, Judges 6, 21 through 22, Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff, which was in his hand, touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. In that moment right there, something was settled. Disciple, you need to settle your calling. The moment I settled that I was called to preach, that this is what I'm going to do with my life, it changed my salvation, changed my discipleship. Pastor, you need to settle. Settle. You're called to plant men into the harvest. It makes all the difference when we settle that calling that this is what God wants me to do. I spoke in preparation to this sermon with one of our missionaries out of Prescott, Pastor Micah Wright, laboring in American Samoa. He told me this story. I asked him about when he settled his calling. He said it was the night before he turned 13 years old. He said him and his friend were talking about what they wanted to do in life. What do you want to be when you grow up? And Pastor Micah Wright said, I told my friend, I want to preach the gospel. He told his dad, his dad is evangelist Dennis Wright. And Dennis Wright had Micah tell his grandmother, you need to tell her what, God, what you're going to do with your life. He had Micah tell Chris Olson, Pastor Chris Olson. He had Micah tell some of his other family. And you know what? That settled decision has led him to do a work for God in West Jordan, Utah, in Lake Havasu, Arizona, in 29 Palms, California, and now in American Samoa because he settled his calling. Let's think secondly about confidence in our calling. One of the things that stood out to me in Gideon's story was that he needed confidence more than once. God was willing to encourage him at those times, right? There's been times in ministry where confidence gets shaken, where confidence gets disrupted. You know, it didn't disqualify Gideon from ministry. God was able to move through it. Pastor Greg has told us many times a statement to this effect. Doing the will of God will take you from one terrifying thing to another. The moment you think you've got this figured out, God's like, I got something else. And you're stretched. God takes us. So this is very true for Gideon's story. He needed confidence in his calling, but there were other moments that he needed a visitation from God. This is why a settled decision is vital 
to staying in the will of God, you're going to need it. Think about Moses. Right, he meets with God at that burning bush. Put your hand in your cloak, take it out, it's leprous. Put it back in, it's, it's healed. The staff into a serpent, all these different miracles. God is giving him confidence. So he goes to Egypt, he is confident. God is with me, let my people go. Look at the staff and the magicians go. All right, we can do the same thing. You know, that probably hit his confidence. But he had a settled decision. No, I met with God. And think about the wrestling through of ten plagues. Those were moments where he had to trust God. Trust God. Trust that he's hearing from God. Trust that he's doing the will of God. Because it didn't just happen in a moment. He had to work through it. But he saw the children of Israel delivered by the hand of God. David David comes to this battle, and here's this giant, and he needed a a faith, but he had reference points, and he tells Saul, I fought the lion, I fought the bear, and God's going to help me conquer this giant. In other words, there was reference points that in the face of new obstacles, he could bring that. God has met with me, and I'm bringing that into this situation. I remember early in ministry battling in the heat of ministry battle. We're we're dealing with just difficult situations. We're struggling. Our church, I'm, I'm frustrated. And in that moment, my confidence begins to diminish. I remember calling Pastor Greg. I'm like, Pastor, I made a mistake. This isn't working. This isn't happening. I'm doing everything I know, but I I think that we need to shift. I can't do this. I think there needs to be a change. I think I need to get refocused. And I'm just, you know, complaining. And I'm crying over this, you know, uh, all frustrated and bent and bitter. And Pastor Greg just interrupts me. Didn't care what I was going through. (laughs) It's the best thing in that moment. He interrupted me. He said, Jesse, but God called you there. When I heard that, something immediately shifted in my heart. I went from, I can't do this. So you know what? Yeah, God called me here. And he continued, and if God called you there, don't you think he wants to help you? Immediately, I went back to the decision when I settled my calling, when I'm sitting in an in a orientation meeting for the RN program, I'd been working in the emergency department. I've been working up in the ranks. I was telling God, God, let me take care of my career first. God, let me get some things in order first. And as I'm sitting there in that meeting, in that orientation, this nurse is saying how difficult it's going to be. It's going to take a lot of work. And then she said these words, If you're going to do this, you need to be called to it. And God spoke to me and asked me a question. What are you called to? And I said, not this. And I got up and I walked out and I told Pastor Greg, Pastor, I want to preach the gospel. I want you to disciple me. And he said, okay. Because no doubt he's heard that before. But something changed. And so here I am in ministry. If God called you there, you know what he did? He met with me. I settled it. And he is going to help me. For Gideon, he was faced with some uncertainties. These new circumstances that led him to a moment where he needed confidence. Times he needed encouragement, strength. And he was able to meet with God. He needed confidence during opposition. And man, you're going to need this in the ministry. Because there is going to be opposition. I know, I know you think the demons are going to be midgets on little miniature ponies where you're headed. I have yet to encounter any small demons. They all seem to be industrial sized. But you know what? God's going to be with you, but you're going to need confidence in that opposition. After After uh, uh, Gideon tore down the altar of Baal, the people came against him. 
Think about this. He had an encounter with God. God said, I'm going to use you. God said, this is his plan. God confirmed it with the miraculous. But now people are coming against him. But now they're rebelling against him. But now there's a stirring in the camp. And they say these words, Judges 6.32, Therefore on that day he called him Jerubbabel, saying, Let Baal plead against him because he has torn down his altar. You know, he acted in righteousness. He did the will of God and people weren't happy about it. You're going to face opposition. Words are spoken against him. Curses are spoken against him. But God met him with confidence. Judges 6.34 But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. I remember one of the churches we pastored. We were doing a haunted house. We had had some great victories years prior. But this haunted house, the demons of Facebook were inspired. And they started writing nasty things about our haunted house. And they started commenting, and it's blowing up in our area. And people, right, because this is a huge deal for some people. Did you see what they're saying on Facebook? It's a panic. And I just with confidence said, you know what? People might be coming against us, but God is going to help us. We're going to see victory. That haunted house, I think we had 270 saved in a couple days. Because you need confidence in opposition. Gideon needed confidence when the enemy came over, right? Here, here he is threshing wheat when God calls him. The enemy hasn't crossed over yet. The enemy's not face to face with him yet. But they came over as they had done for the last six years. And in that moment, here they are, the Bible says they're like locusts in the valley. There's so many numbers beyond counting. But in that moment, God inspired men to get behind Gideon. God inspired men to support him, but he still needed confidence, and that's when he put out the fleece. Again, I want to make this clear. Some people are like, I need a sign. Lord, the fleece. Pastor Greg told me years ago, you better be careful because the devil likes to pee on fleeces too. <laughs> the question wasn't, what do you want me to do? It was, God, give me confidence in what you've called me to do. That was the fleece. I need a confidence in what I know you've ordained me to. And God met with him and God answered him. He needed confidence when God made him rely on him. Here, tens of thousands come in support to Gideon and God says, that's too many. Some leave and God says, that's still too many. And more leave and he's left with 300 men to face the enemy. And God said, I see my son lacks confidence. Take Pura with you. Go and spy out the camp. And they heard the fear of the enemy. And he had confidence. Confidence, a lack of confidence isn't a disqualifier. As we're going to talk about in a moment, God can use it. God can use it that his strength would be made in your weakness. In this story with Pura, this is a reminder, gentlemen, that when you go out, isolation is deadly. Isolation is deadly. You need to stay linked to your pastor. There have been times in my ministry when I've been out that Pastor Greg has said, so, we have more questions. Yes. So do I charge by the pound or how are we doing this? Because on the weekly, Pastor, I need guidance. I need wisdom. You need to stay connected to your pastor. You need to stay connected to men in your area, you're going to need friends in seasons of discouragement. Again, God isn't troubled by our insecurities in ministry. In fact, he can use them for our benefit. You lack confidence this morning, then your insecurity should drive you to God. John 15, 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without Jesus Christ, we just have a program. Without the resurrection, without the authority of the Holy Ghost, we're just doing it on our own talent, on our own efforts, on our own ability. Without God, we can't. But with God, 
All things are possible. Mark 10, 27. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but with God, not with God, with Him all things are possible. That's the hope we have. So here, in the insecure, some of you have come in. You've dealt with people speaking against you. You're dealing with difficulty in finances. You're dealing with struggles in your health. should drive us to rely on God. It should drive us to God. Mark 9, 24. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Our insecurity should cause us to rely on Jesus Christ. Should cause us to, to look at us and say, not by my strength, not by my intellect, not by my horrible singing voice, not, not, not by my charisma, not by my ability or talent or gifting. But God, I'm relying on you. Zechariah 4, 6, not by mind nor by power, by my spirit, but by my spirit. Ministry isn't a program. Ministry doesn't fit neatly in a box. Right, Pastor Greg, during the, the whole pandemic, there, there, there was no C for COVID and still taking the land. There, there, we, you can't fit it in a, we have to rely on God. There's no algorithm, there's no app. I pastored a, guy, a, a disciple that after some time with him, he told me these words. He said, you know, I'm so glad I didn't get sent out when I thought that I was ready. He said, I viewed ministry as a business. I viewed ministry as a, a formula and categories, and I totally missed the spiritual, supernatural side of ministry because we have to rely on God. We need supernatural power. Lastly, insecurities forced us, they force us to trust God. That I trust you with the results. God, that I'm going to trust you with the outcomes. 300 men versus multiple nations. Right? Think about Gideon's master plan from God. This requires trust. Gideon, what are we going to do? God met with me. Man, we got this. All right, what's the plan? We are going to go around the camp. We're going to blow in trumpets. We're going to have these pitchers with torches in them, and then we're going to break them and shout, and God's going to give us the victory. Try that at your next outreach. Right? But this was, he had to trust God's plan. This is why it's critical we maintain a relationship with God. Man, being launched into destiny, you need a relationship with God. Pastor Aragon came to Santa Fe, New Mexico for us. And he made a statement that never left me. He said these words, the longer I am saved, the more I need church, the more I need prayer, the more I need to read my Bible. You need a relationship with God. And in each one of these events, Gideon had a relationship with God from chapter 6 to chapter 7, 11 times God speaks to Gideon. 11 times he's giving him encouragement, strategy, guidance, direction, wisdom. So confidence in our calling is going to be connected to our relationship with God. Psalms 143.8 Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lifted up my soul to you. Morning prayer is going to be vital to you, man of God. I remember dealing with a lack of fruitfulness in our church. Every six months, we were losing our converts. Every six months, they weren't surviving. They'd last to that point. I remember I'm challenging our disciples. My wife and I are, are fasting. We're praying. We're contending. And you know, for a time, I didn't recognize that pattern. But one morning, I recognized every six months, this is happening. This is unacceptable. So I called my pastor. I told him my frustration. I told him what I've recognized. I told him what we were doing. And I asked him, Pastor, what else can I do? 
I knew he had the key of revival. And he said, yeah, I don't know. You're going to have to get a hold of God. You know, those morning prayer meetings were vital, where I focused my prayer. At times, I'm inspired by God to pray specifics. At times, I'm leaving with the joy and victory and encouraged, and then you come to Wednesday night, and you're like, oh, gosh. I remember wrestling with God, and something broke. I can't tell you exactly what it was, other than, God, I have confidence that you're going to help us. And something broke. The yoke of barrenness broke. And we begin to see converts, miracle converts, radical converts, men that are wanting to preach the gospel, still to this day pursuing their calling, pursuing uh, 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 what God has placed on their lives. See, you have to deny the enemy's right to rule. It was unacceptable. But it was connected, breakthrough, connected to my relationship with God. Gideon, in those moments, denied the enemy's right to rule. Let's close. Let's think about supernatural usefulness. The miracle of Gideon's story is that he was able to accomplish something miraculous. The story opens with oppression and discouragement and bondage. But Gideon's response to calling... His response to invitation, God's invitation, unlocked power into his life. And he went from called to chosen. And he went from called to appointed. And his response, God began to use him. Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? You need to lay hold of that this morning, man of God. God, you have sent me. God, I need you to anoint me. Anointing is an added dimension to your life. Pastor Greg has defined anointing as divine effectiveness. God makes us supernaturally effective. Verse 34, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Men rallied behind him. Authority was released into his life. Leadership ability, strategy, and planning. Again, a reminder of our need for the supernatural to be at work in us. To make us effective beyond our own ability. We've come to this altar. We've been filled and filled and filled and filled with the Holy Ghost. We're filled so much it's been raining in Prescott. (laughs) That's the power you need. Go in confidence. Man of valor. I close with this. I remember facing in ministry early on the demon of church bills. We needed money by Monday. It's Friday. So... I turned to the well of Prescott. I called Pastor Greg. I told him what we were facing. I told him what we needed. I told him that we need a breakthrough. You know, we can't minister like this. This can't continue. And he said, absolutely, you're right. So you need to get a hold of God. Man of God, you need to learn how to get a hold of God. He challenged me. At first, I felt like, but but that's why I called you, Dad. (laughs) I thought Prescott was the miracle. But I took that confidence. God, you're going to help me. You're going to help us. You're going to break through. And I got a hold of God. Sunday morning, a man, we'll call him Mr. Mills, came to church. And Mr. Mills had eight checks that he needed to give his tithe, eight separate checks that pushed us above and beyond what we needed. From that moment forward, we broke through in church finances. We broke through in that miraculous, because you have to get a hold of God. Amen. As we pray this morning, just very quickly, I want to pray for pastors, for disciples, 
This morning, you need confidence. You're facing things, financial resistance. It's barrenness. You're, you're, you're facing, you got to settle your calling this morning. You need a boost of confidence, confidence in the Holy Ghost. I want you to stand this morning. That's you, man of God. You need a boost of confidence in your calling, in your ministry for your church. You need a boost of confidence in what God's called you to do. Secondly, secondly, there are pastor's wives. You've taken a whole lot of hits since our last conference. And the confidence has been sucked from your life. It is, you are hurting. You need a touch from God this morning. I want you to join your husband right now. You need confidence. You need breakthrough. You need God to remind you're part of this calling. You're part of what your husband is doing. Amen. We're going to pray for confidence. I want you to lift up your voice and ask God to give you a deposit right now of the Holy Ghost. Father God, right now we contend for the miraculous, Lord God. We contend for the supernatural. Let there be an outpouring of your grace. Let there be an outpouring of your spirit, of your power. Well, hello, this is Pastor Adam from the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. We want to welcome you back once again to the Sermon Podcast. What a week it has been with Bible Conference going on. It's been a powerful time. Wanted to just apologize in advance. We are recording from home, which means you might hear some background noise on my end. It happens to be raining cats and dogs outside. And speaking of dogs, you might hear my uh, young puppy uh, barking in the background. So apologies for that. Uh, Dave is with me. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. <laughs> it, it never gets old. <laughs> I know. Dad, but, uh, dad jokes. Right. But uh, we wanted to just jump on here real quick and uh, and just express once again our gratitude for everyone who's listening to the Sermon Podcast and downloading these episodes. It's really, really awesome to know that uh, that so many people are connected uh, with these sermons and have been blessed by them. So just another big shout out, big thank you to everybody who's been listening. Yes, all our new listeners, new subscribers, we really, really appreciate you. Yeah, and we kind of wish that we had you know, more, more details. Uh, we, we know who's listening through the one platform that we're using on supercast, but, um, with the, uh, with the Apple podcast, it's a little more opaque. It's difficult for us to tell how many are actually subscribed until, you know, we get monthly reports, which we haven't received quite yet. So, but anyway, we know that there's a lot of you out there who have already paid and subscribed, which is amazing. We're so grateful um, that you uh, that you have found this to be a blessing so much that you want to um, pay for it and uh, put that toward world evangelism. So yeah. really, really cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. The um, the other reason we wanted to jump on here is uh, to just give a shout out to our latest premium subscriber who has connected to us in our premium podcast group. So for those of you who don't know, uh, we have a WhatsApp group. Um, that is specially crafted uh, for uh, premium subscribers. So uh, we want this to be a place where uh, our listeners can uh, have their reactions and comments to the sermon that we post each day. And, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, virtual fellowship with some other like-minded believers and uh, sermon addicts. So <laughs> if, uh, yeah. if you'd like to jump onto that... Um, We've already sent an invite to you if you are on our Supercast subscribers, or but what we can't see, uh, again, if you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, uh, we we don't know who you are, So, but you are definitely invited to be a part of the podcast uh, WhatsApp group if that's something you want to do, if you want to uh, touch base with uh, with Dave and myself and, and some of the other guys that are listening. Um, and we don't want to limit this just to guys. Well, you know, we'll, if, uh, if you're a female listener out there then we'd love to invite you as well to be part of the podcast group so far, just, uh, just some, uh, male podcast addicts, but <laughs> just, some fel just some fellas, some blokes, <laughs> right. Uh, our, our most recent member of the group is a guy named Carlton who, yes. uh, joined us all the way from across the pond in the UK. 
and connected with us. So if you are one of those Apple podcast listeners and you'd like to join that, we just need you to do one thing. Send me an email. Uh, send it to pastor at vbph.org with a screenshot of your subscription to the podcast. And that's exactly what uh, what Carlton did and uh, got that email uh, to me and we connected him on the podcast group. And so it was really, really a pleasure. Um, just want to share with you what he said. Uh, he said um, he's been following the podcast since October of last year and been saved for 12 years. He's in the church of Pastor Lewis Claxton. He's married with two kids, uh, hoping to pioneer someday. We're hoping that happens as well, my friend. And he says, I'm, yeah. I'm a bit of a sermon addict. His favorite preachers include Pastor Heimberg, Pastor Tom Payne, Pastor Paul Stevens. And we asked about um, we asked about the favorite message of the week from conference, and uh, he included the first one that occurred on Monday night by Pastor Greg, uh, the sermon entitled "Clarity," which we did post on the podcast. Dave, uh, what what were your thoughts? How how much of the uh, conference were you able to catch this week? I was able to catch um, uh, sort of a, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so I got. Uh, Pastor Greg twice, you know, the, the opening, uh, sermon and the closing sermon and also, uh, Pastor Campbell, which I think was actually Tuesday night, but we showed it in yes. our church on Wednesday night. So, mm -hmm. so, uh, so that, that's what I've got so far. But, uh, one of my favorite things about what Carlton said is actually the way he spells favorite <laughs> because he's from the UK. So he spells it with a OU. <laughs> I just love the way that you guys uh, spell things differently, just slightly differently than we do here in America. But yeah, they're uh, they're so weird. Right, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course, I, our way is the right way. Of course, it is. No, <laughs> but I, you know the way you spell favorite and the way you spell color with O U R. I love it. I just love it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that is the Queen's English, and I suppose that uh, they were speaking English before America was. So. It, Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we'll defer to your best judgment, but we're still going to, we're still going to only spell it with an O and not a O U. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so, um, we also wanted to, uh, give you guys a heads up that we're, we're going to, we're going to try something out, something experimental. So this is open to all of our listeners, uh, whether you're on the free podcast or if you're a premium subscriber, uh, we wanted to try to have a virtual meetup, uh, via a zoom conference. Um, we wanted to just kind of reach out and get reactions and comments. Um, maybe you've got ideas to improve. Maybe you've got a, um, an archive of sermons that you'd like to share with us. Maybe you just have prayer requests. You want some like-minded people to join together with prayer. So we're going to have, uh, we're, we're shooting for about a 30 minute meeting, uh, on the Monday, uh, July the 26th. So July the 26th, Monday night. 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be posting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that'll be 6 p.m. on the West Coast. And I don't know what time that's going to be in the UK. But if you're awake in the middle of the night <laughs> and want to join us, uh, we would uh, we would love to have you for that. And uh, yeah, just kind of a, a virtual hangout, uh, uh, like-minded believers, a fellowship from across the world. Some, uh, and, and who knows? Uh, we would love to have you come join us for that. Uh, uh, Dave, what are your, your reactions to that announcement? Well, um, I, I just keep thinking about the uh, other people we have listening from across the pond that uh, are even further away than the UK, you know, say um, Bulgaria or Norway. <laughs> and yeah. what time is it going to be there? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they're six hours ahead, so they'll wow. probably be sleeping. Um, <laughs> but if you're an insomniac, we'd be we'd be happy to have you join us. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're thinking about 30 minutes on that Monday night. Uh, we don't want to uh, take up too much of your time, but we would love really to, you know, have some fellowship. The problem with a podcast is what, we, what we've discovered in the past when we were doing the blast is that is, uh, it becomes very difficult to know who our listeners are. And so this is yes. just a little way for us to reach out. And that's part of the reason why conference is so awesome, because we know we're part of an amazing fellowship from all around the world. But then, you know, you go to conference and you see all of these faces and you're just blown away. So we're going right. to uh, kind of have a mini, mini sermon podcast version of that <laughs> on the Zoom yeah. 
uh, meeting uh, next Monday night at uh, 9 p.m. That's the 26th of July. So we'll be posting links for that on all of the sermons uh, this week. So that way uh, you'll be reminded. And if you'd like to join us, we'd love to see you there. Yes. Um, the other thing I wanted to do with the short time that we have here is I wanted to give you guys a heads up of uh, kind of a behind the scenes look at what we are doing um, when we post these sermons to our podcast. Uh, you may, may not realize this, but um, we actually do quite a bit of improvement on the audio files uh, before we actually post them. Uh, yeah. Because we want you to have as as good of a listening experience as you possibly can while listening to these sermons. And really, that is born out of my uh, contempt for bad audio quality. <laughs> as a former sound ministry person, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And so, you know, uh, you never know how these sermon files are going to get recorded. And, you know, when they finally get to us, you know, what we're doing is we, you know, sometimes they come, they're only on the left channel or on yeah. the right channel uh, or they're, you know, they sound tinny. There's bad echo. There's terrible right. background noise. Sure. Um, there's there's the loud pops and stuff. So, you know, what what Dave actually Dave is doing the bulk of this work now is he is um, he's taking those audio file. Well, Dave, why don't you you tell the good people what what you're doing when you get an audio file? Well, First thing I have to do is listen to it <laughs> to find out, is this thing even usable? Unfortunately, because a lot of times you're dealing with files that are so old uh, that, I mean, they're they're kind of unsalvageable. You know, you'll, you'll get, uh, you know, where it's just, there was a gremlin in the, in the sound system that night. And it's like, if you have, but you know, and it's like, okay, right, I can't right. save this one. Um, but, um, and sometimes you, you get them where, uh, you can barely hear, you know, it's like, if you have your Bible, uh, you're, oh my gosh. So you have to, um, take the file, you have to amplify it, you compress it, you normalize it and, uh, you make it to where it's, it's listenable. <laughs> so, um, and so, and I've been actually pleasantly surprised that some of these uh, are as salvageable as they have been. <laughs> so, especially as old as they are with, with the uh, bugs on the sound system that might have been happening at the time. So, um, so you know, we're just sort of doing our best, running them through filters and running them through uh, 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 effects as best we can just to present them to you. So, one of my favorite effects is the truncate silence effect. Truncate this is silence, where, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's great. So it, you know, from a 45 minute sermon, it'll actually search through for the moments of silence in between words and reduce them by whatever, 40% or 50%. So yeah. that actually removes like three total minutes from the episode, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The only time it's not good is if the is if the guy was going for like a dramatic pause, oh, yes. the pregnant pause. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'll just let that sink in. You know, <laughs> you ever hear a preacher say that? I'll just let that sink in. And then, <laughs> pause. <laughs> you just remove that pause. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, just to tell you that we're saving you time <laughs> when you're listening uh, yeah. when you're listening to, to sermons, which. Uh, uh, I don't know if anybody else appreciates it, but I appreciate it. Yeah, we just uh, we just kind of want to give you a behind the scenes look at what we're doing to improve the listening experience. We're not just taking audio files and posting them as is. Sometimes we have to trim the beginning and the end of the files. Sure. Yep. You know, just to get to the meat of the sermon. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, um, like Dave said, if there's if there's uh, audio quality that's that's bad, yeah. we we want to make sure. sure that you you are. Um, pleased with uh with the sermon audio quality that you're getting so we, we yeah. hope that you are please let yeah. us know um you know what your feedback is um sure the other thing we want to just leave with you uh before we let you go is uh we could really use some ratings and reviews it's been a while since we've uh, gotten any of those and i know especially on the apple podcasts app it's easy just to click the five star thing without actually leaving a review and we've got several of those but uh, would really help also if you could just put in a, a sentence or two of why you enjoy 
the VVPH Sermon Podcast. Yeah. That would be a big help. And um, also on the Pod Chaser, there's uh, we put a link on every single episode for Pod Chaser, which is a place where you can uh, you can leave reviews on individual episodes if you'd like to. So that also right. helps as well. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, we hope you guys had a wonderful conference. Uh, we hope that you, um, uh, as we are posting the conference messages from the from the conference, we've been spreading those out. We've been doing two uh, per day. Uh, our premium subscribers, we're getting two per day. Our free subscribers, we're only getting one per day. So that we're, we're trying to provide, uh, you know, good value for those of you who are paid subscribers. But even if you're not, we hope that you are enjoying uh, the content that you're getting as well. So uh, any last thoughts before we let our people go, Dave? Uh, just uh, uh, just uh, another word of appreciation for all of our new listeners, new subscribers. We really, really, really appreciate uh, all that you're doing, all that you've done. Cool. <laughs> and we will uh, hope to see you in a Zoom meeting next week. That would be a lot of fun. And until then, we will see you later. Thanks a lot, guys. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon Podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.